and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Hello, welcome to Access, Access All Areas, episode 177, and the podcast that aims to dive deep into all these things that are great about this band, get them into the Rock Hall of Fame, boo, and do it be and a bunch of the listeners be. We are a little bit down today because the news was out and they weren't on the nomination list. Let's call the elephant in the roof what it is. We feel flat, don't we? Yeah, it's been an emotional roller coaster of anger, sadness, bitterness. <laughs> Well, I considered a rant, but I think uh, I might have ranted heavy last week, and um, I think I need to uh, build up my my rant for this particular one. But we will litigate this in a bit of a deeper forum with a bunch of bunch of patrons who have reached out to us, and uh, everybody who has texted me and, and emailed you, etc., wanted to get on that Rock Hall of Fame episode. Uh, it feels even more relevant now to just dive deep as to why they didn't get nominated, yeah, and find out the pathways going forward because we think we may have unlocked. A certain factor, but something we found out, but we will uh, dive deep on that. But before we do that, uh, be a bit interesting in excess week. I feel like uh, a lot of episodes go out at double, and then we've had a little nugget one last week, and we've got one today. What's come across your desk? I believe you might have met some rock and roll royalty. I did, I did. I went out to see my local modern punk band, Hello Boys from Purple Disturbance, especially Thomas and Jed. And uh, yes, I got introduced to Joe from Greenspoon. So he is the bass player. He had some stories, so I asked him. We all know that they've done a cover for um, In Excess that don't change. We, yep. He says they play quite a lot at their gigs as well. It's a really yes. good, good one that love playing. Stories. Okay, so he says he, he was um, recording at Gary Beers' studio. Yeah, you yep. know, Mangrove Studios, that's right. And Gary was zapping around on his tractor. And right. then he sent to stop and he goes, Are oh, you right there, boys? Um, do you want to use some other basses? And he was like, Oh, great. Yeah. He goes, Do you want to use that one there? That one's the one that I used at Wembley. Oh. He wow. says it was like holding something, you know, it was just amazing. <laughs> Holy grail of guitar. Holy bass grail. Guitars. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got many more stories for me. So we might even get Joe on at one point. You never know. Uh, Grinspoon won the Triple J uh, Battle of the Bands in the late 90s, uh, which mm. is uh, one of our big sort of alternative radio stations. And uh, they went on to have, and it's still a touring and, and a vital sort of force in our rock industry, uh, they were probably one of the five biggest bands in the 90s and the 2000s in Australia uh, and have a great catalogue and they don't change, I think it was an EP or an add-on to a greatest hit album, I think it might have been an EP, really, uh, again, cemented just you know their respect for the band and uh, was a hit at the time on radio and it's glad to hear them still playing it. But uh, yeah, my next this week, look, uh, been digging deep to get some guests speak, and we are very, very lucky to have one on the show today that we will let out of the bag in a moment. This is a major, major uh, performer in the sense of his directing and, and his uh, artistic merits. And interestingly to know, doing our research, he's worked with Pearl Jam, he's worked with uh, U2, he's worked with uh, Demi Lovato, he's worked with uh, Imagine Dragons, uh, he's worked with R.E.M. Let Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, <laughs> uh, he's working with everybody. And here's the interesting thing. The only artist that he's worked with that frankly grabby nomination for him was in excess. Mm. So we're very excited to uh, have Mark Pellington on the show uh, in a few minutes' time for a feature episode uh, diving deep on his career 
um, a lot of his achievements, uh, working within excess, etc. And uh, I think this be could be a double episode. We've got a lot of questions for him today. We have, we have, we have marked. So get ready. <laughs> yes. Uh, before we do digress into that, though, as I said, the Rock Hall of Fame did come out during the week, B. I was excited to see Foreigner uh, get on the list. I think they've been snubbed for a better part of 40 years, and uh, especially their rock songs I always liked. I, I didn't like their, their ballads so much, but I'm glad they're on there. And this might sound controversial to our in-excess brethren. I do think Oasis deserve to be in it. I don't think they deserve to be in ahead of in-excess, but I think their, their career does stack up, albeit in America they weren't big. Am I confused about Sade, as uh, uh, Seinfeld is saying? Sade, Sade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, one or two albums. Am I confused about Sure, Rock and Roll, Well, Dolly Parton, Mariah Carey? I'm confused about those. Uh, rappers, uh, uh, who else is on the list in front of there? Lenny honest? Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, yes. Again, not ahead of you in excess, but... Ozzy was born. Well, he's already in the old, uh, Rock Hall of Fame, Blake Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, does mm-hmm. his solo material stick up? Yeah, it probably does. Uh, um, I'd give that a pass. Mariah. Not on your life. Okay. Mary J. Blight. You know, Mariah Carey was asked a few weeks ago about electricity bills by British journalists. And her answer in the interview was, I don't know, we, what, what's that? She said. And he goes, what, a bill? She goes, yeah. He goes, it's a thing that you pay when you use electricity. And she looked at him in a perplexed way and said, I don't know, in America, we get that for free. <laughs> and he said back to her, no, you don't. Love. <laughs> So that's why she doesn't deserve to be the Rock Hall of Fame. Okay, just because touch. of that. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A tribe called Quest. Well, that's a that's a woke diversity inclusion. They've been on the ballot three or four times. I would say no. Yeah. Calling the gang. I love calling the gang. Probably deserve to be there based on the legacy and then the depth of material. Yep. Peter Frampton. Look, you could argue he has one major album for <laughs> Look, look, he's, he, he's the historical. The only song I know, I think. Well, well, he did show me the way and Baby I Love Your Way. That was show me the way. Didn't you recognise it, Harrison? Well, it was, yes, yeah. It was a wah wah guitar. That was his mouth thing. Yes, but he did Baby I Love Your Way every day. Oh, like that's that. right. I did but, love that album. And that Frampton Comes Alive was one of the biggest albums in the 70s. Mm. Um, massive in the UK. He has worked with other bands and things. So, yes, I'd give him a tick. Jane's Addiction. Well, again, the depth of material, international recognition, the answer's no. Were they cool? Yes. Did Dave Navarro appear on Rockstar in excess? Does that help his legacy? Uh, maybe not. Okay. But again, they, they only had really two albums and, and one or two hits at best. And, you know, they made an impact, particularly in, in the La Palooza sort of concert series in LA in the early 90s. But their depth of material and catalogue doesn't deserve a, an entry, no. Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews is a huge entity. They have sold, you know, millions of albums, toured millions of fans around the world, um, done it over 30 years, a safe sort of operational sort of band. Again, probably not ahead of in excess, but just deserve for their, their credentials to get in there. Okay. And I think this is the last one, Eric B. And is it Rankin? Yeah, well, I saw their names. I haven't heard of them, but if I would have to go dive deep on them, which I want to, because maybe they've got a bunch of material, particularly in the 80s, that they seem yeah. to be pioneers in the I think field, they've but... been sampled a lot. I think that's yes. what it is. Yeah, mm. So mm. I'd just do a bit of research on that. But... Okay, my turn. Go right, I, I think Cher does deserve to be in here. Mm. Mm. Come on. So what what genre do you think she is? She's not country, is she? With oh, the right. wigs. And sitting on the sitting on that boat whenever she was doing that ship or whatever, that was pure rock and roll. So yeah, she does need to be there. Oh, the phallic one on the ship. The phallic one. <laughs> Mr. <Lisa> Cannon. <laughs> 
<laughs> so rock and roll. But I mean, you know, she's been around for years and well, she's on a, got a broader palette of material than, say, Dolly Parton mm. last year. So I understand the, yeah, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sade, very iconic sort of 80s, but I wouldn't say she really moved on from there. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong. She never moved the needle, I think. But she had that mm. album in the 85 and then she did the No Ordinary Love for the movie with Robert Bradford with a young Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore, Million Dollar Proposal or whatever it was called. Indecent mm-hmm. Proposal. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, she hasn't moved the needle. I mean, you know, but she's, I don't know, she's a smooth operator, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then go, <laughs> sorry, wait, just right over my head because I was too busy thinking about Oasis. Sorry, I was yeah. already ahead. Um, Oasis, I do like their music. I've been to see them a few times in concert. Um, I think they're quite watchable. I do think that he's a teenager, not grown up, and he's yeah. an ungrateful little sod. Yeah, um, that is that is Liam. Noel, I think, has grown up, and that's probably what happened there. I mean, I think Liam said, oh, you know, he, he was getting all, like, he wanted everything polished, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, that's called growing up, Liam. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. so do they deserve to be in there? Yeah, at some point. But, yeah, like you say, not ahead of in excess. But we will enlighten you. Maybe not this yeah. one, but next week we will enlighten you why in excess aren't into the uh, rock and yeah. roll. And I think a, I think a, a guest may help us a little bit on that journey mm. today. He's based yes. over there. So, but without further ado, let's welcome our patrons aboard who make this whole show possible. Over to you, B, uh, and thank you to all the recent patrons and donators and all the existing ones who look after us. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Well, hello to our honorary members. Tim Farris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkin, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones, and Paul Joe Lee. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie Ann, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne Marie, Susan P, Pedro, Mandy, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Paul, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Jim, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, Mandy Jane, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diane, Paul P, Paul B, Alicia, Jay, John, Amberette, Kathy, Chantelle, Neil and Mary Ellen and the Harmonic Wizard. And our special mentions are to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John Avink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Boozy and Helen Kirkwood. Welcome to the podcast. And a big happy birthday to Suti and Alicia. Have a great day. Well, Billy, we'll, uh, what's the time for? It's time for the news. Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the news. All right, Beat. Well, uh, we're to go bang, bang, bang. Five or six little nuggets today. They're very timely. Uh, we won't be too verbose on these. We'll get straight to the point. Happened to see a little David Lee Roth dance this week, B. Did you see that? 
Come on, Hayden, that was weeks ago. I know it was. And you know, was it over Christmas, I think, that happened? It, it came out we didn't mention it, did we? It no. came out, I think, mid-January, late January, and yeah. I, saw it on, I saw it on the Induct in Excess page, and I thought it was a joke. I thought they'd gone and overdubbed it and put some things there, but it's actually legitimately Dave legit. dancing oh. to that song. It's pretty uh, cool, actually. He's a little staccato movements, but... We uh, do like him. Yeah. He's we funny, him. isn't he? He's, we love Dave. He's a character. He should be uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is he, Ian? Maybe we'll get him to be the uh, welcome in- audition. Uh, sorry, inductor for the band. <laughs> he can come out to his dance. All right, moving along. I love these first hearing YouTube videos where a person posts hearing a song for the very first time and their reaction to it. There are two this week. One regarding "Don't Change" by a gentleman called Mike McCarb, and he runs a, a ghoulish and ghost type website. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And there's another one uh, regarding uh, Just Keep Walking. So you can go to YouTube and put in First Hearing uh, and then put Don't Change or First Hearing and ju- Just Keep Walking. They are very funny and very informative. And the generally American people have never heard some of these tracks from in excess, particularly the early ones. Number three, B, the big elephant in the room, the Super Bowl was on on the weekend and in excess had a role to play, albeit a smaller one. There was a Jesus ad there that I think was titled He Gets Us, and was I guess the theme was around washed feet. But uh, in the fallout to that particular ad, it was the most downloaded thing on YouTube in the next 12 hours with 225,000 views. Well, so, imagine if this song goes into the charts, if uh, you know, on the basis of the Super Bowl, you never know it. That's fantastic. Who it was wasn't current it? version. It to me, it sounded like a guy, but the name was Jen M-U-N-I, Money or something like that. We can find out the exact name, but it was obviously controversial. Religion is controversial these days. And how much money would they have had to have spent to uh, put that together to get on to uh, the well, Super Bowl? Be and it was the second one in or something. Well, you know, it definitely created discussion. That's what Super Bowl ads try to do. Coincidentally, in the same week, there's an article about devil inside. <laughs> so we've got the Jesus, and now we've got the devil inside. It's a bit of a... A dive deep from the top uh, 40 weeklycom guys who often do a uh, a deep dive on a song and they talk about Devil Inside that was number two for two weeks. Got prevented from number one by Billy Ocean. Okay, get into my car, get out of my dreams or whatever there. Really was a nice misogynistic 88 song. Yeah, so Billy Ocean uh, prevented any success from a second number one. Thanks, Billy. Number five, uh, just a, a little little nugget here. Gary Page. You know who Gary Page is, B? No. Gary Page is the is the guy who came up with the Just Keep Walking video. Oh. And came up with endless supplies of masking tape. <laughs> it's yeah. But he is this month directing a video for an Australian band called uh, the Future Thrills Band. Future Thrills. And they got an EP out called Is It Real? So I'm hunting Gary down in light of all these video directors to yes. get him on the show. So it'd be great if we can. Love it. And just the last thing, there are lots of publications out, particularly under the word snubs, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that talk about the Commodores in excess, the Guess Who, and all these other bands that missed out. Uh, so you will probably be able to see and and uh, wallow in a bit of self-pity like I am and seeing all the hard case, hard luck stories. Uh, but we cannot be, uh, I guess, dampened or diminished be. This podcast uh, now has another year in it. Okay. Uh, that's the saving grace. We've got another yeah. year. Only a year. I reckon we go a bit more than a year. <laughs> well, All right. we've got another year at least. So are we going to mention what Liam said, getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'll allow you to, to put it out there. I don't think Liam was overly impressed, was he? <laughs> I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it out to you. He said, <laughs> good old Liam. He says, in the induction of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Liam Gallagher states, I don't need some 
eh, eh, award by some geriatric in a cowboy hat, yes. right? Yes. And then his fans obviously want to be in there. And they said, do you really not want Oasis to win? Um, like truly, I fully understand why you aren't interested, but we really, really want you in and all in. And then he says, I appreciate that you do, but I honestly feel there is something very fishy about these awards. Ooh. And then in a separate comment, he says, a fan asked if the racist would attend the ceremony. And he said, the little fella loves hanging out with celebrities, so he'll probably go, Liam responded, seemingly in reference to Noel. As for me, I'm washing my hair and having a pedicure and manicure. <laughs> yes, I, I did see that. And, and, and Noel turned up to 10 Downing Street, didn't he, to meet Tony Blair back in the Britain. Oh, cool, cool Britannia, yes. you know, or Cool Britannia here. And, uh, and Liam was asked on a video, what did you go? Not fucking incongruous, him. <laughs> you know, so, um, but look, B, that's the news of the week. We'll tie it up with that because we've got an important guest to welcome aboard in a moment. But thank you for letting me indulge again. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also, want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And we love you too, Tim, and the band. Happy Valentine's to you all. And now it's time for Topic of the Week. Uh, we're really, really pleased today to have Mark Pallington come on the show all the way from California. Uh, Mark's career precedes him. He's been uh, a director of videos. He's been a documentary maker, a TV series director, movie maker. He's done everything really in the industry. And he's done fantastically well with a lot of artistic creation, a lot of artistic merit. He hasn't sort of sold out for the commercial dollar. You look at his uh, IMDb and his Wikipedia page, you know, you'll see the caliber of people he chooses to work with and the creation of, of videos that endure to this day. So we're really lucky to dive deep with him today. Yeah, you know, be like with Alex Proyas, not just going to tackle the beautiful girl stuff and in excess we'll tackle some other things that hopefully of interest to everybody and tie it all in nicely so without further ado Pete, let's uh, welcome our international guest today mark pellington Mark Pellington, welcome to NXS Access All Areas. Thank you for coming on. And I, I thought I'd start with the big ticket issue, uh, Super Bowl yesterday. Were you pleased, happy, excited? I was pleased. I was a Chiefs fan and kind of the game started slowly, but then became exciting at the end. So, yeah. I'm glad it's all over, though. Enough hype and discussion about it. Yeah, I know it's probably uh, low-hanging fruit, but I do know you come from a Baltimore background and your father was quite pronounced the game of grit iron. Uh, did you grow up with that as a big thing? Yeah, it was a big part of our lives. It was a different game back then in the 1950s and 60s. It's in my blood. It's become a little bit too commercialized for my taste. I'm just an old cranky guy now. Well, me too. I I, I factored to lead any post because I feel like it was the Tay 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 uh, Super Bowl as opposed to the uh, the play 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 Super Bowl. Mark, hey, if she brings a lot of different new audience to the game, it's all good. Yeah, he's uh, got getting talked about it somewhere else. I did notice that in excess got a little mention in the advert. 
Really? Yeah, they played, I think it was Never Tear Us Apart, and um, it was um, a Jesus um, Christian thing, and it's, they were watching. Christian ad. Yeah. Yeah. Best the second in. The best commercials in the Super Bowl were the Jesus commercials. Right. <laughs> you like them. They had the most emotion and meaning in them, and that's fantastic. That's where you are. In this day and age. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like uh, Jesus had a big bank balance to be able to afford to put a Super Bowl ad on, I fe- I'd fear to say, Mark. Well, it just tells you that artists like In Excess were creating these songs. I think there's a real dearth of music these days. I just think does not do the same thing that the music that they and many of their other peers does. I just saw you two again at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Ooh. You know, they, they're still delivering it. They're still delivering emotional, meaningful, impactful stuff. And I think, fine, the world can have, you know, M- Megan the Stallion and you two. You just want a little more balance of, uh, of content, you know. It just seems yeah. all trivial. Graham Goldman from 10CC just toured Australia recently, Mark, and he was asked about music because, I mean, he at 19 wrote For Your Love, you know, for, you know, Eric Clapton and, you know, just all these particular, you know, fantastic songs over his career. And he said, uh, he asked about modern day music and he said, look, music just sounds a bit more like productions these days than than songs and emotion. And, and it really ties to what you said. Yeah, I've made tons of music for movies and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just, it's so much easier on a, on a computer, but it tends to, you know, push everything into data. It fits so easily. There was a statistic that said the number of key changes in music from number one singles from like the 1960s to now, if you look at the graph, like it just started to go, you know, 70s were more, 80s, and then around the end of the 90s and beginning of 2000, it declined. It's been a flat line ever since because that's when all music now has been produced on computers. And go back and listen to Heart, you know, Crazy on you by heart, and is Zeppelin or any of these things where the dynamics and the shifts are Chicago twenty five or six to four. I mean the yeah. dynamics were really you know like brought across by live bands doing this these shifts. There's tons of great musicians now, no doubt, right? There's tons of great musicians and artists, but I just don't, you know, I just think it's gotten shorter and more. Th- Generic. It's almost algorithmic, isn't it? You know, to a point. Too polished. Oh. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. Now, our, um, our listeners uh, have rated your In Excess video, but I'd like to sort of do a bit of a, a lead up to it because, you know, your story is quite fascinating. And, you know, having worked with MTV, I, I, I did read, obviously, you know, that you got there in 83. I think you were an intern after your third year of college. All I can think of is big budgets, big nights out, massive creativity. It must have been an awesome time to turn up at MTV in 83. It was so small then. I wasn't making videos. I made my first video in 85 on the weekend because that's when I started to direct. The first hit I had was for uh, Information Society. Tell me what's on your mind. And I was like 25 then and still a production assistant at MTV, but they would let you do them on the weekend. Then PM Dawn, Set Adrift, A Memory Bliss. So, yeah. you know, it kind of took me a while. MTV was my kind of film school, my training ground, and it was a great place to be around 
and I watched every music video that was made. I'd sit in my office and we'd watch them and make promos out of the images from the videos. So I was always kind of very taken by certain bands and certain images and really just became a rabid visualist and music fan working there. And yeah. you did something called The Buzz. What was that in on MedTV? Uh, okay. Buzz was a very experimental magazine show as MTV in 1990. Um, after the Berlin Wall came down, MTV was like, well, we're going to expand and be in Europe. Um, they had already been in MTV Europe, but MTV Australia, MTV Brazil, they decided they were going to become a global brand. Back at that time, Benetton was just taking off. And really, like, globalism in a pop sensibility was just starting to explode. Cable was starting to explode. The internet hadn't taken off. Infant stages, people were just beginning to use computers. So MTV was like, let's make a global show. So we did this magazine show called Buzz, which was very, very, like, kind of, uh, collage fast magazine style stuff. But we were like, I loved, you know, indie Australian bands and Beasts of Bourbon and Lime Spiders. And like, if there was ever a video on MTV that had ever been submitted, we would use the music. So Buzz was this place where all the weird music, art, culture, music from around the world we showed it and chopped it all up and it was quite ahead of its time and uh it lasted one season but it opened the doors for uh like u2 zoo tv was influenced by it okay we're gonna take tvs and put them everywhere so it kind of was a precursor to a little prophetic show leading to ultimately what like the internet how it gave information to people mm -hmm. i'm making a documentary about it right now <laughs> when it's brand spanking new. 1991, I remember Shirley MacLaine, who I think appeared in one of your movies, I remember her quote, she said, I'm going to go home now and watch The War, which was on CNN. Remember in Kuwait and the things? So it was, it was that similar era, wasn't where Cable was opening up, Ted Turner. The world was becoming this smaller place for once, you know? I remember being in Spain when the war broke out and we were showing Buzz at a festival there. And it's hard for us to remember... At least in America, cable started. And there was X amount of channels. I mean, I don't know when when the universe in Australia exploded, but even in the mid-90s, it was still very small compared to the difference from mid-90s to 2005, 2006, and the invention of the smartphone. Hundreds of years of technological leap with the rise of the computer and the internet yeah. just... I remember 97, someone saying to me, watch out, communication and internet is just about to go off. And I remember that being a, a pinnacle, pinnacle time for me. I remember going to film festivals, even Sundance Film Festival, my first film in 1997. 
newsprint was still the operative way mm. that you would get reviews and they would fax you the reviews from the trades. Even by 99, when I made Arlington Road, yeah, on computers more, but it was the, really that a big jump wasn't till several years later where like everything was online. Yeah. Everything, all criticism, all journalism was just jumping on there to the extinction of print, right? Well, one of the things uh, that our listeners will be sort of keen to know, and again, obviously, it's a, a deep dive. The bands that you got a chance to work with, particularly, you know, you two and all those ones, you were able to really attract and nail some fantastic songs that really, you know, within the catalogue. So I'm just going to read a couple out here. We've got... Crystal Waters' Gypsy Woman, which is a fantastic song. Set Adrift on Memory Bliss, PM Dawn, which was their coming of age. You know, Jeremy Piljam, you know, need we say any more. Drive, the lead song of Automatic for the People. Roosters, Alison Janes. Tomorrow's Silverchair. Uh, they're probably still their most favourite song. Do You Realise, probably the Flaming Lips' greatest song. Um, Everybody's Changing, probably Keen or Kane's greatest song. Best of You, Foo Fighters. How to Save a Life, The Fray. I mean... Talk about some real bangers uh, that you get a chance to work with there. You must be proud of being able to get those songs and do something with them. I love music videos. I always love them. And obviously one, one success would lead to the next. And after Jeremy, it was kind of like, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Literally, I think Silverchair was like, we don't care what you do as long as it gets played as much as Jeremy. Now, that's kind of hard pressure to go under because that's Jeremy and its content still affects people. It still holds up. You know, that video and that song still, unfortunately, presciently hold up. When artists wanted to make something that had some real emotional impact, Rooster is a really intense emotional song. The fray, How to Save a Life, was, you know, meaningful. So I was the guy who was not doing the light, fluffy videos. I was, like, the person to come to for, like, hey, we want to do something with some depth. Yeah. And when videos were still about that, I was very lucky. And I also did one of my favorite videos for this, one of the stupidest songs ever <laughs> by a band called Whale. Hobo humping Slobo babe, which was like, <laughs> you won an award in that, don't you? Or you got no, nominated an award or something for that one, didn't you? I you won an award yeah, in yeah. Europe. Yeah, yeah. So you get them, and I just, I'm very grateful for those songs. And then some of those songs, like Keen and the Foo Fighters, I was able to make, and for the fray, I made. After tragedy in my life and those songs, I was able to pour so much meaning into and was given complete creative freedom. It really spoiled me. But like a year and a half ago, I made a Not A Surf video. It was a 10-minute film, music film, for almost no money. And it's one of my favorite pieces. So 
for your listeners or watchers or whatever, markpellington.com, I have every video I've made on there. And it's a real fun ride. B and I have been uh, on that for the last two weeks once we knew you were coming on. We've, we've lived <laughs> that, haven't we, B? Yes, it's a great uh, website you've uh, put together there. Thanks. I'm in the process also, and In Excess is one of those videos of up-resing to get better quality because anything made really before HD, all yes. these older videos now just look soft. You know, technology now is getting so much better now to almost run them through an AI system and get a better resolution. Actually, Hayden, has, Hay has In Excess done that already? Because they've been releasing videos, haven't yes. they? I don't know, Beautiful Girl got released, actually. Well, going back currently and, and re-sort of augmenting a lot of their old videos and, and updating the uh, the HD component and mm. recolorizing certain parts and bringing it up to sort of a 2024 standard. And I don't think it's been pertained to Mark shit. I, I think they probably asked Mark, so. yeah. ask Mark for permission, I sh I'm sure, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, they don't have to. But what's interesting is when Pearl Jam did it a few years ago for Jeremy, they went back to the original film and went back to the edit list and kind of recut the whole thing, frame by frame, even for single two-frame shots. They did by eye, which is crazy. So in excess... With that piece and the strips of like, I don't know, number one, I don't even know where the film elements are. So if they went to the label and found the original film elements and tried to, but there'd be no edit list for it. This was pre-Avid, so there would be no edit list that they could follow for we, that. Yeah, um, we, I mean, Jeez. if you are curious, we could find out. We are in touch with the lady who now manages pretty much all the operations here. If you are keen to know more, I could, I could, sure. I could, I could you pass you it on. Yeah. yeah. We did a, uh, did a Nine Inch Nails video in 98, 99, and we upresed it. It took a long time and it looked really, really good. So the upresing now, you know, if people on your phone, can take an old out of focus photo and it can, the technology now is crazy. Yeah. Just touch if it. If it sees the image that's there, it can bring it out. Yeah. Uh, nothing as good as the original film. Colleague B is very visual, okay? So I'm going to throw to her and say, B, what do you love most about the beautiful girl film clip, okay? And give you the uh, new ball on that one. I want to say um, the, the one that's on the YouTube at the moment has been out 11 years and it's had over 17 million hits. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's getting quite a lot of looks. 
Um, what do I like about it? Um, well, I suppose from a woman's point of view, it was good that he was highlighted about eating disorders. And for me, it was 1992. And that is when Princess Diana brought her, her book, Andrew Morton. And I remember yeah. reading the book and finding out about the disorders. And I was just going to ask because it was so highlighted and in, in the media at the time. Is that why you took on that or did In Excess ask you to, to take it on as an eating disorder? No, they had nothing to do with it. Mm. Nor did Helena Christensen, who was going out with Michael, mm. who said, oh, it was her idea. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> um, I did have dinner with her and Michael after we had made the video, and it was not like a personal crack at models. My girlfriend at the time had dysmorphia and really just had really difficulties with her, her body image, and she binged. And I learned more about what pressures were put on women and girls at that time in the media. It was pretty, pretty clear. Anything you saw or any magazine you read it was fake. What, yeah. And nobody had really kind of done something about it. And when I listened to the song and read the lyrics, I just immediately, uh, and I was like, you know, simple piano part. And then when the drums kicked in, I had been experimenting with these strips of multiple exposures. And I said, wow, that would be a really interesting way to shoot the band because the, uh, the ideas about split identity and fragmentation and how girls can kind of rip themselves apart, literally, with these identity kind of things being thrown at them. So I said, well, I'm going to make a visual essay on, I still have the treatment, on the body image and the, you know, on what a, what is a beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get real girls, mm-hmm. you know, let them run down a catwalk and shoot portraits of them and I'll interview them and I'll find out what their real story is and I'll shoot, I'll let them kind of, be the characters in the piece, whether they're, you know, stepping on a scale or they're trapped behind a... Um, Prison bars. Yeah, uh, made up of, of measuring tape. Measuring tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever, whatever the, the image is. Oh, yeah. The production designer was this amazing artist in New York named Amy Morgana. And she would like pull tear sheets from magazines that had like a model with celery in her mouth. And I said, what if we made the girl really young and put braces on her? So we would like kind of appropriate images and put her on spin on them. Hmm. And the girl shoving the food in her mouth with the cookies, dark hair was my girlfriend, Jillian. And she bravely, so she had really inspired the story. Yeah. And I wrote the treatment and the label in the U.S. and sent it to the band. They're like, great, they liked it. And I remember going to England to shoot the band and to explain to them, I said, as it stands now, you're not going to be seen full frame. Like somebody was like, oh, you should shoot a shot of Michael singing full frame so you have it, like safety. 
And I remember going to meet them all, and I had explained to them, and I had a test of the strips, right? But I said, this could be even cooler because each of you is your own color, and you shoot it past the song and you move the color and then do the whole thing with a wide shot of the band. They were more interested that they were going to be out of there in three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like 10 hours sitting around. I said, I only really need you for three hours. Which is, which, which is great because, you know, and we'll talk a bit about you two later, but, you know, sometimes, you know, that, that's the fifth single off the album. But it's, it's probably the most popular song off the album still played in Australia. And I think the video lends itself to that. We'll talk about the Grammy nomination in a moment, but the use of colour, the understated use of the band, and Michael's vocal is very Lou Reedish sort of understated, and I think the video resonates with his vocal because the word in excess is quite flamboyant. It's almost the antithesis of the band name. It was a very understated. And I think, you know, that minimalism of Michael and the band really added to the narrative and, and the, the connection of the video. Yeah, very beautiful song, really beautiful song. Very short song, very simple. And I think the visuals, it still holds up really well. The message, you know, now it's more inclusive of all different shapes and sizes. Well, what you did there was you brought out the emotions and you brought out what was in the girls' heads and you put those words in for people to talk about. So it was a. And to find themselves in it, mm. right? That's what you do. You put, mm. let people find themselves in, whether it's a poem or a music video or whatever, let them discover themselves. I was super, super happy with that piece. I'll never forget sitting on the balcony. And Michael was just so, they were all very nice, but. Like Michael was just so charismatic, you know, just so like generous, right? He's like, just so like, we're so happy you're doing this and thank you. And I was like, thank you. And he's sitting there in his like robe outside. He has had a couple of drinks and he goes, oh, gentlemen, Sally, he goes, yeah, I have a house in the south of France. You should really come visit sometime. So I just imagined like, Oh, that summer, me like ding dong, like showing up at like <laughs> Do you remember with my beach ball and him and Elena, like naked, uh, welcome. Because <laughs> he was just so like, just like a rock star. So I saw him there and then again had dinner with him in New York when we were done with it. And just really, he was like, like the best ones are incredibly generous of spirit and kind and complimentary. And the, the great ones just leave you alone to do your thing. Stay with me, beautiful girl. Now, you um, got a Grammy nomination, and one of the ironies is that amongst all the videos you've done and all the MTV awards, grammys.com.org uh, uh, have only recognised you once, but it was for this film clip out of all of them. And for us, we, we as NXS fans take a lot of pride in that, um, but also we're really happy for you that this song also gave you that recognition. And two questions. One, do you remember hearing of your nomination? And two, did you attend the awards? And then three, who did you lose to? <laughs> I remember hearing of the nomination. It was like, oh, that's cool. You know, they weren't as big of a deal on TV as no. they are now. All I remember is they weren't going to announce our award on the televised portion. We knew that. We were all down at our friend's apartment 
in New York all drinking a lot before the show. And we said, okay, we're going to go up to the show. And we realized our award was like third. So you got to Radio City Music Hall and we're like, they didn't have a bar. We're like, are you kidding me? Like, this is going to be a four-hour show? We've had a bar. <laughs> Not a bar, and we're all like already twisted, right? You don't tell a group of twisted people that they're going to sit there for four hours in their seats. That's not what you want to hear. We were the third thing. We didn't win. I don't know who who won. I'm looking down here. Oh, I think I've got Rolling Stones. You know, it's a bit weird. It's either Love Is Strong from David Finch, or it might be Steen from Peter Gabriel. The year before that, you know, they have them in the February, so they call them the '93 Grammys, or they call them the '94. I think it might have been a, a Peter Gabriel or Rolling Stones. I don't know. We lost and we left. We said, yeah, let's go back to the apartment. <laughs> Smart. Well, at least it was on third. You didn't have to wait all night. Yes. See, like, at that time, the MTV Awards were far bigger profile yes. than the Grammys, at least yes. for music videos. Of course. Mm-hmm. Cool. They still are. They're not really like they recognize. My friend just got nominated for one. Uh, but look. Yes, my medal that they give you for being nominated is somewhere in the other room. So, sure, it's yeah. nice to... I think over time, you know, the Grammys have built up an allure, but getting back to in excess, and in Australia as a, as a country, we're quite ahead of the video game. We had a show called Countdown down here that was hosted by Molly Melvin between 75 and 83. So when you saw videos like Long Way to the Top for ACDC going on the back of a lorry down our main street, that's our Countdown show coming up to ACDC, creating a video. Jailbreaks filmed in 20 kilometres from where I live, out in the paddocks and things. So we used to create videos as a country down here for Countdown. So we were seven or eight years ahead of the curve. Um, bands like Abbott broke down here. Blondie had their first number one hit down here because of that uh-huh. video show. In Excess teamed up with a guy called Scott Hicks who went on to make the movie Shine. Shine. Yeah, yeah. Scott did the uh, Don't Change video for the band. Alex Preuss, who was on our show last week. Uh, I'm, I talked yeah. to Alex three weeks ago. Oh, beautiful. He was, on our, he was on our show two weeks ago. He obviously did The Crow and I Wrote, but he did Kiss the Dirt video for NXS. And the band through you know, Richard Lowenstein, as you probably know, you know, you know, who was fantastic at the work he did, yeah. worked with you two as well. They were quite cutting edge, picking really good directors, yourself included, to work with. They men, they were they were huge. People can't underestimate how huge in excess were. And I was showing how old was she? Twenty twenty-five. My trainer is twenty-five. Yes. Said, You've never heard of in excess? No, I'm thinking like kids in college, like that they would play at bars. And I showed her the What You Need video. And she goes, yeah. oh, that's really cool. And I said, you've never heard this song. She's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It was a top five hit, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, how do you not hear in except? Because then I thought about it. It's like, she doesn't listen to the radio. Mm. She's not listening to classic rock then, is she, you know? So it's <laughs> not like, she's not listening to hits radio, like, if she doesn't listen to the radio, if she only goes on Spotify and has her playlist, how is she going to hear in excess? If you don't listen to, like, say here, like Sirius XM, like, oh, hits from the 80s or new wave hits, like, you wouldn't hear them. 
Mm. And B, do you want to share with Mark what our subplot of our podcast is about the Hall of Fame and what's happened in the last couple of days? Yes, well, um, we've got... the Hall of Fame? Well, no. no. Never nominated. What? Never, Never nominated. nominated ever. Oh, that's that's an atrocity. We're quoting yeah. that. That's the best line I've heard for a long yeah. time. That's an atrocity. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's as if we are on a list. We. <laughs> it's as if they are on a list of not to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's how it's feeling right now. Eligible since 2005, uh, Mark, mm. but never nominated once. Never once. And we're trying really hard and we're trying to get the army of fans together and people like yourself to try and right help us get and get a bit of a movement together to try and get um, at least a nomination. Think <laughs> about this two years ago, two years ago, well, the first year of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I made the Beatles intro film. Uh, wow. I'm still working at MTV and MTV made the films for the present presenters, right? So the first year I made the Beatles, then the next year I made the Birds. Oh. I took every Beatles album and video and everything I get my hands on and just chopped it all up, right? Fantastic, yeah. Two years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I made one for Depeche Mode. And it ended up like what Depeche Mode's management wanted and what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show producer wanted and what I wanted were three different things. And it ended up just being like went sideways. It was fine. I got to listen for a month pretty straight to Depeche Mode. And I'm like, wait, so if Depeche Mode's in the Hall of Fame, great career they've had. They didn't hit the T, did they? not in there. Is it just longevity? Was there was in excess's run not long enough? I think what happens. It's just got bad taste around it, unfortunately. There's a couple of issues, I think. Mm. One, this this sounds a bit like sour grapes, but we are from Australia, and we we oh. we, we, we we we. No, no, this is a true fact. We've only had two artists nominated and inducted ever. One is ACDC, which was Scottish born and came out here as children, and the Bee Gees, who came out here as children but really made it overseas. We yet to have, you know, Mid-Eyed Oil, you know, Crowded House, some of these great bands and artists, Olivia and john Peter Allen, you know, um, Nick Cave. Uh, I mean, you talk about Beast of Bourbon. I mean, obviously, we've got a, a punk movement and bands here over the years of Freddie Bray things, Split Ends, you know, Neil Finn, you know, all these artists. But we really suffer by tyranny of distance. And I think it's a bit similar to the guests who up in Canada, they've had the same issue a bit from Canada. They're the highest uh, vote, fan vote, the guests who, but they haven't had a nomination ever. Not even with Backman Turner Overdrive through through Randy Backman. I don't remember the amount of hits that they got. I mean, In Excess was yeah. really they were U two REM yeah caliber. Eighty eight, they just where is the guys? I were the side guys in eighty eight. You know, they were just everywhere. You're going to make us a video, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Please. we might we, we might learn <laughs> okay. Don't change because I remember being an intern at 83 at MTV. And I think Don't Change, that was the well, year. The one, thing, the one thing was the first one. one. Thing. Yeah, with the, uh, the MTV. The, yeah, the, the, a bit like the biggest banquet Rolling yeah. Stone thing with around the table eating the food with the models. Right. So what year was that? 80, 82. Two. Yeah. 82. Yeah. So they were popular for yeah. a good, solid 
solid 10 years. 82 oh. to, 82 to 97 was probably their 15-year window in America. Okay, well, I have this conversation yeah. with my friend all the time about yeah. bands like, yeah. like the band Live or the Rolling Stones. Like, when was yeah. the last good Rolling Stones album? Mm. Okay, so when was the last, what was the last In Excess hit? In America, wasted. It, it, no, in America, it was, it was yours. This beautiful girl hit 46 in uh-huh. 92. Great. Uh-huh. So I was there. I was the nail in the coffin. Huh? No, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but they had some bad issues. Yeah, yeah. But even a 10 year, a 10 year run. If we look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm sure there's artists that have. Well, you got Sinead O'Connor's just been nominated with really one hit, which is a cover. And and again, I think you know the, the hall's gone down a pathway of nominating Cher and Dolly Parton, and yeah. really an exercise. In- City. Yeah. Okay. Down the yeah. list, women, right. people of yeah. color, diversity. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and it's like, well, they have one, but well, that foreigner just got nominated for the first time the other day. You know? <laughs> um, it really is a political arm to it. And I know Jan Venner used to probably have his own agendas with it too. Obviously, he's fallen on his sword a little bit. Look, it's just one of those things where we think, um, yeah, Michael passing. Their manager passed three years ago, Chris Murphy. They probably need something like a, maybe a, a Super Bowl ad with Jesus to get him over the line now. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> it's funny, the politics of God, it makes me want to call my friend who's a producer, an old MTV friend. Shall I call him now? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Call him. I tell him we're on the air. Okay. No, no, sure enough. Be calm. Hello. Hey, this is Paul Jolly from Sydney, and this is the Big Rat. Can't wait for everybody to hear that. In, in true movie art, we've left everyone a cliffhanger, haven't we? We, we, have. we, we, we We're sorry that we've probably left you hanging about what Mark was about to do, but in true cinema story, like Mark has made some great moves and some hook endings, uh, we want you to tune in next week because uh, we can't wait either to see what he does. But again, what a gentleman and and, and, and what a giving sort of person to, to our podcast community, Pete. Oh, he was absolutely fantastic. And we can't wait to have you as our honorary patron. I'm going to be announcing you next week top yes. of the pile and everybody if you are interested to hear more about mark then i do stress go to his website as well it's very very That's very interesting all right but now with our competitions uh those tickets are still eligible to go to the rock hall of fame amidst a lot of other things but it might just be 12 months time just remind listeners and viewers of our competition as it stands the competition will be ending on the 31st of March, so you need to get your entries in now. Thank you to everybody that has responded. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, so you have to be a patron and you have to be um, in at silver or higher or you can donate to the podcast and then you can enter into our competitions. And this competition is to win two tickets, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Yes. Um, obviously, this year in excess one, won't be there so we can hold on to these tickets for you until next year unless you want to go in next year it's, this year it's up to you it's up to you but we also have that second prize of the goodie package so go onto our website and you can see the video and you can have a look at the package and don't forget it's always our newsletter too and um, danielle has done an amazing newsletter this week if you want that subscribe via our website which is in excess access all areas.com 
All right. Well, we're going to part, part two of Mark Pellington uh, coming out next week, but uh, we will also be endeavouring over the next seven days to reach out to uh, all those who have expressed interest, selecting five or six people to come on to our Rock Hall of Fame uh, deep dive, our litigation now, our, our prosecution of the whole structure, and then uh, what we all can do, I guess, uh, uh, lick our wounds and say, okay, what can we change from next year? What do we need to reach out and do? And maybe we can't just keep doing the same things. Maybe we've got to you know, approach management now on a harder level. Maybe we've got to reach out to band members, you know, through our social media platforms. Maybe there's got to be a uh, a tar- more targeted approach to get a seat at the table, so to speak, B. Um, You're right there. Having spoken to a few people, I think we need to be a bit more aggressive with our approach. We're not going to lie down and go boo, boo, boo. We're going to get this army, link arms, and we're all going to push forward. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, what do we do today, B? Tribute song going out. It only could be one song. Uh, we need to go with Beautiful Girl today, obviously. Uh, recognition of Mark Pellington. There are a couple of versions of it, so who knows what we'll do next week. But the original version uh, of Beautiful Girl off the album, Welcome to Wherever You Are, we'll go out with. Thank you, Mark Pellington. Uh, thank you, B. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye. <laughs>
Kwachi, and you've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.